Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Music City Gold, part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. What's wrong, Matt? <laughs> no, everything's wrong, Kyle. Everything, everything is, wrong. is wrong. We're having an impromptu uh, recording session here. We're sitting in the wrong seats. We just built a new table. My God, we're going off the cuff tonight. We're talking about summer plans, and we're talking about what we did over the summer, and Matt doesn't want to say a stinking thing. He's over here moving the puck in his hand, and he's he's clammed up on us. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit, so throwing me off schedule and mixing things up on me, it's going to take me a little bit to adjust here. Normally when we record, I'm in sitting where I'm currently am. Matt will sit across from me. Daniel will sit on the like caddy corner to us. So when Matt looks over, he's looking at me and he can look at Daniel from the corner of his eye. Now Matt's at the caddy corner position. I'm where I'm at and Daniel's where Matt would be at. And so it's really messing him up. Well, to a normal human, that's probably fine, but I'm a little bit different. So it's just going to be a little bit of adjusting. (laughs) Yeah, we know. (laughs) So are you saying, Matt, that you're one of those people that everything has to be in a consistent order or it messes your life up? Yeah, I got told the other day, you know, that I'm OCD. And as I told him, I said, you know, it's, it's I like C- to think of it as CDO. CDO that way yeah. it's in alphabetical order so, the way it should be. Yeah. So now I can tell you, I am a little OCD. So, for example, at night when I go to bed, I will check my door locks like four or five times. So that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm talking like it's so bad that I will check the door lock and I'll walk into the room and come back and check it again. I mean, you're just overly cautious. I'm not blaming you for that one though. And I'm just I like, think Matt does the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's why that's he's like, deal, he's like yeah. whatever. But somebody did tell me that it's OCD. And I was like, well, you know, there could be worse things to be OCD about. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to have OCD tendencies as well. So, I mean, I can't, I can't fault you on anything, but have you guys had a good summer so far? It's what? been a good summer. Um, I was actually thinking about this on the way over to the recording today. We're kind of on the same schedule as hockey. So when the season starts up, we're recording. We're talking about the game. We're talking about the playoffs. And then as soon as the offseason happens, we kind of start doing our own thing. But one thing I know is a lot of the hockey players will go to the gym over the summer. Oh, and yeah. I have started going to the gym over the summer because <laughs> like I had nothing athlete. to do. Uh, yeah, he's he's got that PK schedule. PK's been killing it on Instagram, by the way. I've been following him, and he's working out like every day, and he's got some creative stuff. He's been with the Speed Doctor, like a two-time Olympian, doing really cool workouts, so... It's nice to see that, you know, he can have fun and he'll party hard when he wants to, but he knows it's serious and he's, you know, conditioning himself for the next uh, the next playoff run. His hurdle jump is like ungodly. Watch him jump those hurdles on Instagram. It's just because you're so short. That's really what it is. <laughs> I know I couldn't do them. I'd, I'd have to say PK's training schedule this offseason has got to be a little bit more rigorous than Ovi's because I've seen no. Ovi uh, on quite a bender this offseason. Bro, it's it's not even like, close it's just partying in Fortnite. Uh, i mean that's that's literally all the posts i see of him it's like the his summer russian, of Obi, his russian model girlfriend is sitting beside him on the couch while he's playing Fortnite, and he's got like the headpiece in and i'm just like bro you got it made right now <laughs> watching all his parties with the with the cup is just the greatest thing in hockey in, in quite some time I've, I've had a great deal of fun watching him one thing i liked seeing was all the salty fans who were like how dare he do that with a cup? I'm like, dude, he has been waiting for this for 
10 years and he finally no. got it, he can do what he wants. That, that was the best thing ever. In fact, I think he's had the best cup celebration that any captain of a team has had. Probably any player. It's up there. I mean, we do have some memorable moments of it falling in a pool. We have, um, we have the hot dog on the golf course. <laughs> I mean, there, there's been some great cup moments, but I think overall the quantity of parties and everything and all the moments that we've seen in the fountains and literally getting tipped over vertical and drinking out of it. And then next thing we know, he's sleeping with it, which was probably one of the, my favorite ones. He's like shirtless with that gold chain. He looks like a Russian mobster, and he's snuggled up with a cup <laughs> in, in the bed. It's the best thing ever. And don't forget, he had a, he was on Jimmy Kimmel, and they lowered him and Kimmel into the cup to drink out of it. Yeah, it's it's just been a fantastic scene to watch. But fortunately, um, you know, some of the other players on our teams are taking their body more seriously, much like Kyle. I know he's slimmed down. He's been doing that keto diet. So keto good for you going to the gym four to five days a week. You know upper body one day, lower body the next. And you don't think about the fact that you don't really see a lot of body change when you're looking at yourself. But I, like within like three weeks of doing it, people are like, what are you doing? You're slimming down. And to me, I'm like, I'm not slimming down. But people are like, you're slimming down. So I'm like, sweet. Yeah, it's so for me, um, being one taller than you by several inches and also being, you know, I, my metabolism is just much higher. Your metabolism has always been higher. Um, yes, it has been. It is difficult for me to gain weight, and I also used to run a whole lot. So the last six months, I've been slacking off on less, you know, the cardio and hitting more of the weights. And it was funny because the other day, like a coworker, um, we were doing uh, like a team building thing outside, and I actually just had a t-shirt on, and we were we were playing dodgeball, and he was just like, "Have you been going to the gym?" Because he's like, "You're noticeably bigger and like more cut," and I'm like, "Man." Thank you, because like uh, a lot, because a lot of times, no, it's it's a real thing because you don't really see the progress yourself because you see yourself every day, but then when someone actually notices, you're like, until another guy hits on you. Yeah, it's like it's like yes, finally. <laughs> so uh, no, it's it's just a good feeling when people actually ask you, are you doing something different? Because you're like, yes, I haven't felt like any progress, but my God, finally someone noticed. And you know, Daniel, I think we inspired Matt because Matt's uh-huh. now trying to work out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the other day, somebody asked me if, if I had lost some weight because I looked good. And and that was a quite a compliment. I said, oh, I appreciate that. Because, yeah, I have been. Like I said, we talked about, I guess it was back in December, what kind of some of the resolutions we had moving forward. And, and I said I was going to have a lot more dietary restrictions and didn't want to clog my arteries so much. Mm-hmm. So I've been uh, a vegetarian for, you know, however many months that is now. And and uh, that person said that I, I was looking good, like I lost some weight. I think what it was was I tricked her because I had shaved my beard down a little bit. <laughs> she's like, oh, you're looking trim. Well, it, was, it was really my face, but uh, I've certainly been doing some work on my on my physique as well. So, Yeah, about like two crunches, <laughs> ten pull. Uh, like, okay, so we have that perfect push-up. Uh, it's basically two little you know, handles on ball bearings, which is a great invention. I mean, it saves your wrists. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's on the floor. Matt always sees it in my upstairs. And he decided to drop down and do about about 10. And he got to 10 solidly. But the next day, he was like, <laughs> in our group text, bro, I can't move my arms. <laughs> like, I'm done. I can't do anything. He's just icing them off in bed. He's taking an ice bath. And I'm like, yeah. So Then just to mess with him, the next day I saw him, I was like, here, let me do it. I did 10. No sweat. Nothing. <laughs> good. Well, you have been the hitting the gym. You're going to the gym. I'm not. <laughs> so I mean, just like you're doing vegetarian, I'm doing no sugar. But I bet the vegetarian will be harder for me because I'm 
I'm somewhat of a vegetable fan, but there's no way I could do vegetarian for a living. Dude, well, vegetarian's hard on me because I'm a meataholic. I've I've actually never had a salad in my whole life. I, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy, but <laughs> I care about my body. I want to take care of it, so I live a long time, and uh, you know, it's just important to me. So whether I like it or not, I'm starting to learn to like it. Like fruits, I, I find fruits they're pretty much nature's candy. Fruit is awesome. Vegetables, nectarines, not so much. But uh, bro, I had a nectarine today. Bro, that was pineapple, just, pineapple, great. Strawberries, plums, water. I I can eat all fruit. And see, I can't have those on this. Yeah. Like no yep. sugar, hardly. no sugar. But I mean, you're slimming down though, so it's important. Got to take care of yourself out there. Speaking of taking care of business, we we have a couple signings that happened, and you know, there's one team that hasn't really been doing very well in the signing department here recently, or cat space in general, and that is the Ottawa Senators. If you nobody knows what happened, so Mark Stone got signed. <laughs> what did he get signed for? $7.3 million, 7. one-year contract. 7.35. That makes him the highest pl- player on the team now. Yeah, the highest paid for it on the team for one year. The Bro- next person is oh Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan, then Matt Duchesne. But by the way, let's just take a look at their tragedy of a cap space disaster that is going to be next year. They have to sign, what, 20 players, 20-plus 20 players? Matt Duchesne, this poor guy who got traded to that dumpster fire? You think he's going to want to stay there next year? <laughs> if he does, he's going a lot more than $6 million. Yeah, he kind of came into a worse situation than what he had, to be honest. Well, he wanted the Preds, and then he didn't get the Preds. We got tourists instead, which I'm okay with. But at the same time, man, it's looking bad. I mean, it's, I, I just don't know what they're doing right now in Ottawa. I know I saw a funny video on Twitter. I think it was Jillian Fisher. And she was basically putting on jerseys for all the teams and like talking about what they did in the offseason. And the Ottawa Senators one was literally her in bed crying. That's about right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, look at this. You've got next season, you have Eric Carlson and both Matt Duchesne to be signed. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to see how they structure their cap and who they want to get rid of. And we we almost saw Carlson go to Tampa. Yeah. Like he almost went to Vegas and he's almost went to Tampa. I'm like, what is it going to take for a team to push him over? Is it going to be a three way deal with another team to offset the cap space? I, I want to see him leave, to be honest. I, I love the hype and, and the juicy gossip and to be able to talk about it. And I really think he deserves to go play for a team, get a fresh start somewhere else, you know, regardless of the of the relationship he has with the front office there. But I just want to see him go somewhere else. I think that might be the best for him. Do you consider Ottawa a dead end right now? I mean, really, it got bad quick. If you think about it from Matt Duchesne's perspective, he went from Colorado, one of the, the worst teams ever in a season, and then he's like, you know what, middle, okay, we're going to make the jump, move on over to a you know better, greener pastures, and then he does it, and then they're even worse than Colorado. Colorado makes the playoffs. They actually have some excitement to their season. They get some of the Preds' r- rookies that are going to help them out, which we didn't need. We get tourists. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, but I you got like to think. You got to think about Duchesne's reason to go. This team, two seasons ago now, was in the Western, was in the Eastern Conference Final. They looked to be on the rise, one game away, from one game the away in the Cup Final, and, and and joining or and facing the Predators. How yeah. crazy is that? 
that was quite a run for them. I, I even knew at that moment, I was like, you know, I think this is a bit of a fluke. I don't think they're going to be back here next year. And, you know, certainly not. It was Carlson, not. man. But Carlson was a god, man. He had like a fractured uh, something in his ankle or something, foot bone or something. And, he uh, carried the team. He, he really did, man. Outstanding clutch performance for him. He was that season's Taylor Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. very much yes. so. So, I don't know. I just feel like it is – it is going to be a dead end for whoever signs there or, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand why you only signed for a year, but it's just comical looking at their cap space right now. And I'm interested to see next year's, like, it, it will be a totally different roster, but. I mean, if you look at their draft picks coming up for next year, they don't have their first round. I know. They They've only got a second round, a fourth, a fifth, sixth, and two sevens. What are you going to get out of that? You're probably not going to get anything. I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just. It's a it's a dumpster fire it's, right now. Yeah, it's not looking too promising anytime in the upcoming future, you know, in the immediate future. But speaking of dead ends, there is something that is going away in Arizona, Matt. And what is that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, the Coyotes are going to retire their former captain Shane Doan's number uh, in the middle of the season next year. So that's going to be very interesting. I think he deserved a lot of respect there and, and merited it, and they're going to honor him by doing so. Didn't he play all of his seasons there? Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's played 21 seasons and it's been so. all with the, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, which is crazy because he's gone through a lot of the iterations and moves and different jerseys, which, by the way, Kachina jersey, it's back. Yeah, it is, baby. You're welcome. I got you one before yeah, it's going to get popular. Yeah, you did. too, so, back before it came out. Yeah, so you're going to have an OG uh, Kachina jersey before you... Now, granted, I do like the new ones because they have that, that pleated, quilted top. But you have an OG Nothing one. compares to the original Kachina yeah. jersey. Yes. That's right. So I'm with the Coyotes, man. Shane Doan was, was something that the fans could hold on to for a long time, and I feel the same way about Oliver Ekman Larson as well. He is just something that the fans could hold on to. Well, it's only fitting they retire his jersey after the way they kind of just kicked him out. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he's, he's realistically, he's been there his entire career. He was loyal <laughs> with a very bad organization and also like poor planning. I mean, like just a lot of their stadiums and the, you know, the situation with it being in Glendale, it's just, it's not ideal for the Coyotes right now, but they always seem to have a positive outlook. Well, uh, it makes you wonder, uh, you know, it's they're doing this with Shane Doan that, you know, when Rene retires, will the Preds retire his jersey? Oh, yeah. There's, there's no doubt. I'd like to. I think we briefly mentioned that a while back. I think I would like to see his be the first one. I, I would prefer that. I don't know who else would be the well, first one. It was going to be – the conversation was centered kind of around uh, Weber a few years ago, but now that he's gone <sighs> I and just, they didn't do it then. Yeah. They're not going got, to. It's got to be Rennie. He's gotta the think, next one. you got to think Peck has played his entire career with the Predators. He's the equivalent in this story that we're talking about. And on top of that, he is one of the better goaltenders and probably he will go down as the best Finnish goaltender – uh, stat-wise, all time. He, I mean, he's going to pass Kiprasov. So it's inevitable. It's just a question of when. How many seasons does it have to pass after his retirement for us to actually raise it up? Because I would totally be down with retiring uh, 35 for, for the yeah. rest of our, our franchise. Yeah, and I know a lot of the Preds fans will be happy about that. That's one of the big things they want to see Rene's number retired one day, just because it kind of a... Some people, I guess, have a personal validation that he's played his entire career with us and so he wants to you know, uh, be yeah. there it's, it's a tribute to someone who has really been 
a building block and just a solid goaltender. And we've talked about this before. Goaltenders come and go. They get streaky. They get cold. Where Peck has been very solid and consistent his entire career. And that I can appreciate over anything. He might not be putting up the best numbers every year, which I say that in this last year. He wins the Vesna, but he is going to put down a consistent baseline, and you know you can rely on it. Yeah, and even stats aside, I think if you just look at the caliber of his personality and the fact that he's played his whole career here, it means so much to the fans because they've grown up liking him and watching him and him being a part of this organization in the main, you know, between the pipes. And just to see what he brings to the table off the ice and his personality and how sweet of a guy he is, that means a lot to the fans. I think that's going to go a long way for Nashville. Yeah. Well, I will tell you one thing that's not going to go a long way for Nashville is the controversial sign of Zach Ronaldo. Yeah, this was kind of interesting, and it kind of flew underneath the radar a bit. I haven't heard much talk about. Oh, gosh. About. Preds Facebook was well, all over yeah. it. Preds Twitter was more of a kind of a, oh, excuse me type I, of. I, I, okay, so yeah. when we when we reference Preds Facebook and Preds Twitter, it's like talking as a child and an adult. <laughs> Preds Facebook is like a child. They complain about everything. Preds Twitter is more like you're dealing with a reasonable adult. And Zach Ronaldo is a perfect situation of this. If you don't know much about Zach Ronaldo, it's, there's really not much more than the fact he's an enforcer. He's played with the Coyotes, the Flyers, the Bruins, and now he's with the Preds. But he's well known for basically instigating incidents. Now, you know, the Preds at one point had Cody McLeod. Oh, and yeah. he was oh. our quote-unquote enforcer. He was that grit that we had to have. And some people said that this last playoff run that the Preds were missing that grit because of how the Jets kind of tossed us around. Because, you know, we're doing that run-and-gun game with them. So we go and get Zach Ronaldo. He's very controversial in the fact that in 2015, he was suspended eight games for charging a Penguins defenseman, Chris Letang. Yeah. And in March uh, 2016, he was suspended five games for an illegal hit to Tampa Bay Lightning forward Cedric Paquette. So then he was promptly placed on waivers by the team at the time was the Bruins. That was his fourth suspension in five NHL seasons. And you can look all this up. It's on Wikipedia. This is literally where I got the information from about this. So he has a history of being just a bad person when it comes to the game, delivering the type of hits that the NHL says they want to get rid of. But then you turn around and have a case where Sidney Crosby banks P.K. Subban's head on the ice. They don't do anything about it. So you have somebody like this who could literally hurt somebody. But like, and is he really going to see ice time with our, with our projected current lineup? No. Yeah, last year he only tallied seven points. <laughs> no, he, he's not going to be on our lineup. He may have tallied only seven points, but the man has 699 penalty minutes since his very first season with the Hamilton Bulldogs in 2005. 700 penalty minutes That's ridiculous. by yourself. That's ridiculous. Like, But center depth, we are very stacked right now. Like, I do not see him ever playing an actual game. We don't have to worry about center depth because he's left. He's left wing. Really? Because oh, I got something that said he was center. It was center. Well. I guess he can play either. So he's center or left wing. So who is he going to bump down realistically in our lineup? No Nobody. one. But so everybody thought, That's why according to Preds Twitter, that he was going to go to Milwaukee. But the new Milwaukee head coach said, "I can definitely see him being in Nashville." <laughs> Where's well, he going to go? Where, well, first, yeah, there's there's no way because the the projected lineup right now, uh, and this is per. Predators app and everything is Joe Feline on top, 
Kevin Fiala, Kyle Turris, and Ellie Tolvanen. Second line, by the way, that's killer. Third line, Colton Sissons, Nick Benino, Craig Smith. That is an incredible third line because now you're having a Craig Smith second line talent on third line. Talk about mismatch problems. Then you get to the fourth line. This fourth line might be the best fourth line in hockey. Callie Yonkrock, who, despite his injury last year, had he not been injured, he was on pace for, like, what, 60 points? Something like that, yeah. Austin Watson, who was getting better, and we will get to him later in the show for some of the controversial reasons. And then you also have Ryan Hartman. That's a fourth line. That is an incredible fourth line. Do you honestly think Zach Ronaldo is going to bump any one of those guys? And let me let me put it like this. Wouldn't a player like Freddie Goudreau come up before him? I think Freddie would come up first. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying. I think Freddie I think Freddie has deserved a playtime. Yeah, but this guy's got much more NHL experience than Goudreau does. I'm just saying. Just play devil's advocate here. What happens if the NHL comes in, does a ruling with Austin Watson, and they might have some questions about, you know, do we actually want this type of person, you know, this character on our team? Like, what happens if Watson starts to get pulled out of games? Is there potential for him to fill Watson's place? I hope not. I mean, I don't know. This is only a question that we can, you know, speculate going in to the season. But also, you got to think there has been some crazy stuff with Austin Watson happening here recently. And I think Matt has some quotes on this too, and a lot more info than actually I have on it. But it's crazy how it's all gone down, and it's almost like it built up and got you know blown up like oh man, and then now it's kind of like. We're kind of smoothing everything out a little bit. And I hope, I hope for everyone involved that this is fixed because we do not want this type of news for the Predators. Like this is, this is but not what, what you But want. what is fixed? Because Austin Watson was a spokesperson for the men organization. Oh, believe me, I know. He was part of the domestic violence campaign thing. So it does not, it does not look good for us. The decision that you think most people would do is go, okay, take him out. He's been a problem because of this now. The Preds need to take him out. That's what a lot of people want. Mm-hmm. Now, whether the Preds do it or not, we will see what happens. We don't know. But I don't think whatever happens with Watson will make a case that Ronaldo comes up takes a spot. Yeah, I, I just can't see Ronaldo coming up. I, I just honestly can't. I think there's such a wealth of talent in Milwaukee that there are two, three players way better than him already in the wings. But uh, I don't know. Some of the stuff with with Austin Watson kind of like it, it, the initial thoughts were scary because you're like, oh man, you just see the report and you're like domestic, you know, domestic salt. Like that's really bad. Like this, this could mean he's gone. But I know since then there has been, you know, the case was partially dismissed from uh, his, well, not wife, but it's his girlfriend who he's had a child with, which even complicates it even more because my initial thoughts were, well, she's drunk too. Y'all need to separate, but now there's a kid involved, and it's 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 messy. It is very messy, and I hate to see that for him because he, in the playoffs, he really started kicking it in, and you could tell he is starting to really blossom as a player. And I, I don't know, it's it's really sad. But what were you gonna say, Matt? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna bring to light some of the things that uh, we said. It's kind of we don't know quite all the details yet, and as far as the view from the league. Um, 
Watson just the other day had pled no contest to the charges, and that basically in, involves him having a three-month probationary period plus a 26-week batter's intervention course. And uh, if that all goes smoothly, then his case will be expunged from his record. If not, he'll be facing jail time. So what makes this interesting is because we mentioned earlier, he was involved in a public awareness campaign called Unsilence the Violence uh-huh. uh, yep. uh, last year, yep. just as it was. So, But since that is the fact that it's the offseason, it, it gets a little more interesting because um, the NHL, according to the collective bargaining agreement, can suspend a player pending formal review if it's determined that not doing so would create a substantial risk of material harm to the legitimate interest and or reputation of the league. But Gary Bettman was kind of talking about this, and he said, you know, we've reacted whenever there's been instances with what we thought to be appropriate discipline under the circumstances. But in this particular case, since we're not playing right now and the player has no immediate obligations to the club, we're more focused on the health and well-being of the player and his family. So I think, honestly, that that really luckily, I don't know if you can say it, the lucky situation, but just the fact that it's the offseason takes a little bit of heat off of it and the pressure for the league to uh, bring down like the hammer at the moment. They're going to kind of wait it out. They kind of mentioned since it's the offseason, they got some time to sit back with a calm head and decide what the correct course of action is going to be in this instance. Well, I think also it also depends on his attitude through these programs as well. I think they're right. going to be closely monitoring that. I also think it would be a good idea for uh, her to get some help too. I mean, with uh, maybe an alcohol prevention pro- or intervention program. I-, I-, I don't know. It's just, it's sad to see because there's a kid involved and it could really affect him and his play too come this, this, this season. And, you don't want to see it. You don't want to see him separate because there's a kid. You you want there to be a happy ending, but sometimes it is just a very difficult situation. And I hope the best for everyone. And I hope they can find some sort of resolve and make it work. Yeah, actually, in in recent memory, I remember the Kings player Slava Voinov had an incident like this a couple of years ago, uh, and it actually led yeah to his contract termination and getting banned from the league. But uh, when you look at this situation compared to that, I don't think we're looking at anything nearly as difficult as that was. So, And the fact that's the offseason, I think we're going to take a little bit of time to make it the correct decision on this. And, and I think it's going to all pan out pretty well in the end. I don't think it's going to be anything nearly as dramatic as that was. So, I think the time will only help. The offseason, like you said, you don't want to have this happen during the middle of the season because if it happens in the middle of the season, then you have to take action right then. Boom. You need to make a split-second se- you know, reaction, bench them or not where this was able to go through the court system. They were able to have, you know, a nice hearing. It was dismissed, and it's been peaceable, and now there is a program set in place to get help for everyone involved. And that's why I was like, and that, I was okay That's with the it. big issue is really is tending to your personal life. You know, hockey is a sport. It's a thing we do for fun, but we're talking about people's home lives, and this stuff is much more important than the game of hockey, so... It's unfortunate that we have to have this conversation. So let's go on to bigger and better things, and let's talk about something else, Daniel. Well, you know, what's really nice right now is the Preds cap space and the Preds cap situation. Unlike Ottawa, let me tell you, I've been pretty pleased with offseason and the signings that we've made. It's funny because Preds Facebook might say that we have done hardly anything in the offseason, but... I don't really understand the whole, well, we have to make a major move you don't have to, to stay competitive when we won the President's Cup trophy. Exactly. Like, don't really get it. I understand, like, we're used to making an, a nice move and we're, we've gotten used to Poyle, but I honestly think right now this Predators roster that we've put together is the best that we've had 
in a long time. And we do have some wild cards, and we'll talk about that here in a few. But some of the big signings here recently, we just had Dan Hammer Time, baby. He's back. <laughs> it's pretty crazy because he started his career here. We actually drafted him. He played, uh, I think it was 486 games, I believe, with us. And then he has moved on to greener pastures with other teams. He actually played for the Canucks um, in their 2011 quest for the Cup to Game 7. So he has great playoff experience. Uh, he actually did two solid seasons with the uh, the Stars these last two years yeah. against us in the Central Division, which is kind of interesting because he even talked about how the Predators have gotten so good he hated playing against us. And he's absolutely excited to be back here because this is basically where he grew up. But he gets two years on a very minimal contract that we had to pay for him. 2.5 mil. 2.5 mil. 1.5 mil the first year, 1 million the second year. And he is going to be our bottom third pair. We we know this. It's kind of been, he's actually talked to Peter about his role in the organization or you know in the team. And now what's interesting is we have a totally stacked defensive core. I cannot argue. Like I I started looking at some of the other rosters. You might be able to say Tampa Bay might be close as far as defensemen, but. You're talking P.K. Subban, Robin Yossi, Ekholm, Ellis. That, that, that's going to be your top four. Are you kidding me? And then the bottom will be Dan, and we'll probably have some sort of rotation, which Poyle has been doing anyways. But by the way, Dan is um, our traffic cones replacement. <laughs> Thank God yeah. we got rid of Alexi Emelin. Emelin is gone, and we get Dan. Talk about a freaking upgrade. A and the cap. Are you kidding me? That's insane. We get him for one point five million this year and one million the next year. That that it's it's almost mind boggling uh, that we were able to get him as a comparison to Alexi Amelin. Yeah, I really like that pickup, and he had twenty four points last year. Like you mentioned, he's a he's a gritty, he's a tough defenseman. Um, I've actually got that quote you mentioned that he said, um, Dan Ham. You said you know it's frustrating for the forwards playing against. Uh, talking about us, on the teams I've played with to play against those guys because there's just never a break. If a team, uh, it's a team that I would like to be a part of, to contribute to, and hopefully uh, help the Preds win the Stanley Cup. So that certainly brings some energy and excitement. He's excited to return here and and, and noted that it's a tough team to play against, so he'd rather be for us than against us. Well, you know what's crazy is he's been really consistent too and durable. He's getting older. He's 35, but last season he played 80 games. Yeah. He played 79 the year before. He's only missing two to three games a year. That's incredible for a 35-year-old. So he's obviously taking really good care of his body. He's ready to come home to Nashville where he started his career. It's a great it's a great storyline. And then on top of it, we paid hardly anything for him. But that does leave one big question. So we know that he's going to basically be our fifth defenseman. You've got... Weber, Irwin, and Potato going to compete for that sixth spot. So we know that one of them is going to play every night. One person is going to be benched in the press box. Who goes to Milwaukee? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be an odd man out. And I actually was talking about this with Taylor at work uh, once we signed Dan, that I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a trade with uh, Potato where we try to offload a defenseman to try to get some of our draft picks back. 
I agree with that because he's a UFA next season. He is a UFA. If we can get rid of him now for an up, you know, he would make a good bottom third pair for some some team who struggles defensively. Maybe even, you know, Panthers, Islanders. Oh, yeah, big time. Major improvement. And if we could get rid of him now and get some draft picks back that we gave away on a lot of our, you know, midseason acquisitions, I would be totally okay with that. And I think you could see that happening this year. But we're so stacked defensively. I mean, Nashville has always been very fortunate to have great defensemen, but you can't say that this is the best, like, this is the best defensive lineup we've had by far. We have great talent in the wings. We have Carrier. We have, we have uh, Fabro. Where's he fit in? Like, I mean, you got to sit there. Boston College, yeah, right now. Boston College, but you got to sit there and think he's probably sitting there like, where in the world am I going to get in on this team as far as defensemen? I mean, it's it's pretty incredible that we have all these in- absolutely fantastic defensemen, and it's a great problem to have for us. But uh, I'm just worried about losing Fabro eventually because he might want to get more play time or jump into another team. But then you have the argument that, well, we're one of the best teams in the league, so why would I? It's, it's and a, that's a really interesting point because I was at the uh, development game back in June and got to watch him uh, skate around, and he was really good. But it does come back to the point that where does he fit in this team? Dante Fabro is a good player, but where's he going to go? Yeah, every now and then some guys just kind of almost draw the the short straw and they don't quite have a good fit. And to bring it kind of back to Hammies for a second, I really think out of the couple players we've signed, I think Ronaldo is kind of one of those extra pieces that may or may not could be dealt or what have you, Fabro maybe. But but Hamus, I think, was a it was going to be a good fit, a solid on the third pair there for Nashville. So I, I really like that acquisition. So I don't subscribe to the idea, you know, some of these Facebookers, we got to, you know, ship in four or five new guys. I'm yeah. not all about that. Keep what you got. Make small, minor adjustments. That way that the same core stays the same and you know what you got next year. Well, a lot of the exit interviews for the players with Lavi and Poyle, were stating that they thought this team could win and given a second chance this last year, they should have won it. They knew that they they floundered in the second round. And, the entire league knew it. And what's crazy is they know that they can be better, and if they can hit that, you know that one stretch during the year where we were just smoking hot, we were crushing everybody. Like, if they get that in the playoffs, they're going to win, and they know they can. But that was kind of the exit interview uh, overall, you know, thoughts was I don't want the team to be torn apart. Yeah, because really when you look, we talk about there's some streaks in there, and that really moving into the playoffs, what team is hot really matters more than what team is better on paper on a roster. But if you look at a preseason list of our roster, when you look at the at the uh, roster that the Preds have assembled, man, that's that's a hot roster. You could take that to the bank. I'd take them up against anybody with the outset of, you know, some streaks coming and go, and that just kind of happens to fall where it is once playoffs start. But yes. going in, that's that's what you want to look at is that sweet roster sheet. Yeah, and I, I think this is the best roster that we have put together. Um, it is interesting, not- notably, we did sign, obviously, Soros. We signed Hartman for a one-year $875,000 deal, which did not make sense to me if I'm Ryan Hartman because wouldn't you say or wouldn't you argue – you gave up a first-round draft pick for me, so I want more money. Like, I, I don't know. It just didn't make sense. It's more of a show-me deal from Poyle. Yeah, which, of course, I love. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, I know. GM Matt over here is super happy. The second happy. Hartman got signed, Matt was texting our group text going, <laughs> I love show me deals. Yeah, I mean, it. what a great bargain. I mean, even Chicago. Chicago 31 points last year. Yeah, 31 points for under a mil. And then guess what? Chicago fans were getting super salty. They were yeah, like, they were. for that price, well, we'll take them back. He what was are, playing with their boy Kane. Yeah, but get... He's going to be on our fourth line. I know it. That's how a, stupid that's is our fourth line? Right that's there. why I'm telling you that. How good is our fourth line? You're talking Hartman, Callie Yarncroft, and Watson right now. That's the projected lineup. That is insane. Fourth line. <laughs> but do you know who was a little salty? <laughs> no, Kyle. Salty on his arbitration. You like that, Matt? Yeah, bro, I was like, uh... bro. He he didn't hold out strong. I mean, two years. <laughs> One point five million. Sure, we'll do that. I mean, he's already in our system. He already knows our system. And we're literally paying him $750,000 to be an enforcer for two years. But it was so funny. It's like everybody was wondering, why is he going arbitration? It's like, (laughs) I mean, I feel bad because, you know, he's 25 years old. The Preds already know what they have with him. Like, he's really not going to develop any more than he has now. But... I mean, and he's kind of the odd man out when it comes to the forward groups. Yeah. Yeah, but he's 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 a bigger enforcer, and he does have a spot, and he can serve a purpose in certain series. If we need more physical presence, he can be inserted for that. But, I mean, $750,000, that's a bargain. Of course we're going to do that. And he already knows our system, like I said. <laughs> so it, that's a no-brainer for us. Now, the biggest one that hasn't fallen yet, the biggest domino that's going to take up cap space moving forward starting next year is Ryan Ellis. And you know, I'm glad that the hockey world has kind of stopped talking about that for a bit yes. because they were getting really obsessed about it. Well, I know some Canadian networks were like, Oh, it's going to get done soon. I, I, there's no rush. We first of all already have them on the books for this year. So let's just throw that out there. It's not essential. We would like to get it done. I honestly think it's probably not so much about the number. It's probably about the number of years or the dollar amount is not going to be that much. I I think you'll probably see it at a six and a half. Hope to God, not anything north of seven. But I say it'll be six and a half or seven, then that's it. It's not going higher. I, I could see six and a half for like six, six and a half by six. But he wants to stay in Nashville. So I think the years on the contract are going to be the biggest thing for him. That said, do you think he might ask for a no trade clause since he does love being in Nashville so much? You know, that that would be very interesting because when you look at a list of each team and how many no-move clauses they have, Nashville is at the very bottom with only one. Yeah, and you know who's at the very top? That would be Detroit. Detroit Red Wings. And do you, you know what? That, and do you know what Matt hates? Loyalty contracts. How about you just get on a rant right here yeah, on this? They have in contradistinction, Nashville only has one, that's Pekka. Detroit has ten, and they fall prey to the this is exactly why I don't like loyalty contracts. Uh and we you can go even into uh Flurry. They overpaid Flurry. They re signed him. He had a career year and they're paying him high money and doesn't even kick in until like next year. Yep. But Detroit did all this. They got their all their players, got these new contracts, loyalty contracts, and they're paying them for past performances that they did years ago. And they're just not only are they getting aging, they're just not having the same production. And you're paying them for all that, what they used to do. But you can't pay a player for what they used to do. 
you got to pay them for what they're capable of doing moving forward. And Detroit is really shooting themselves in the foot right now. A lot of people are mad at the management and stuff, but. What's crazy is looking at that list, some of the better teams in the league are towards the top end with the no trade clauses. And then the Predators, the best regular season record, have won the least amount. And that means we are in a way better cap position because if we need to make a move, exactly. we can make it the gets move. You, it gets you more flexibility without tying your hands behind your back. And we're we're the best regular like best team in the regular season. That's nuts. And we have no or one, arguably one, no trade, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, Matt, just for kicks, I pulled up Detroit's uh, stuff oh, here. Look at that. They're all in their 30s except for two players. 34, 37. Bro, yeah. are you kidding? Yeah, I actually uh, read the average age of all Detroit's players, and it was way up in the 30s. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but it was it was pretty startling. <laughs> yeah, I, that's insane. But looking at that, that really makes me excited for the future of the Preds. Because Poyle has really, really structured the team in a good position for many years moving forward. Well, yeah, one of I'd say one of his best attributes is he does a great job of balancing current roster with future options and picks going forward. So he doesn't hamstring you and it's like all or bust right here. It's consistent. It's very consistent. And he's got options moving forward. And I really like that because it, it lets you have a long-term uh, repeatability of, of your success right now. So yeah, I mean, looking at the cap, I think we're in an incredible location, and I would like to point out the biggest wild card, and we've been we've been high on him since we got our gear shipped over from Finland, and we saw him in the Olympics. But now this year, he's going to get an entire off season to condition. He's going to be able to practice on you know NHL ice. He's going to get the coaching. He's going to go through all of our camps. And he's going to start this year. And that is Eli Tovenen. I, I cannot wait. All I'm going to say is if he comes out and has a marginally good year for a rookie, our team's looking dangerous. And you have to say that our power play is going to be, it could, it has the potential of being the best power play in the league because you're talking about some snipers coming out. I mean, absolutely. You're talking PK and Ellis as a pairing or PK and Yossi on a power play as your defenseman, and then you're talking about a Tolvanen and a Forsberg Oh yeah, that, and a Johansson. That would be a great pairing Are you for him kidding me? to have Forsberg with him. But what he's going to be flanked with, it, it, realistically, if he starts with the second line, he's going to get an almost number one center, Kyle Turris, who's great at passing, and he's going to have Kevin Fiala, another yeah. really, fast really fast and upcoming player. On the other side, he is going to love that. Because we didn't, I honestly thought that we didn't give him a good chance to shine in the few games that he was here. Usually third or fourth line, he was getting used to everything. He just got flown over here from a whole season. He's going to have the time to prepare, and if he comes out and and he just starts killing it, I'm going to be tickled to death. I'm ready for like a sniper. It's been so, like, that is one thing we've been missing. You could argue Forsberg is becoming that, and he is a good goal scorer, but you're, when you think elite snipers, Tolvanen has the potential, and they've even said it in the scouting report, his wrister is nasty. I'm telling you, if anybody out there doesn't know what we're talking about, go on the YouTube and look it up, man. Some of his snipes and the way he handles the puck and the way he can find the top shelf and using screens as he moves. and Man, he is a fantastic goal scorer. He's a huge wild card. 
And sometimes you get into, I know Dallas falls on this every year, like, oh, we got a couple new roster hoops. We're going to be awesome. They get the hype really pumped up, and then it kind of falls flat. Well, you don't like to get into the hype because you you can uh, set yourself too high standards and, and it doesn't meet your expectations. And Tolvin is one of those guys, man, I have bought the hype uh, arm and foot. I'm all in on Tolvin, and I fully expect him to be everything that we hope he's going to be. He beat Kuznetsov's record, record and yeah, Kuznetsov is – has come over to the NHL and had smashing results. Yeah. So if if it's on pace for something like that, <laughs> we're going to be very happy in a year or two from now. I'm not saying he comes out and scores 64, you know, 60 plus points this year as a rookie, but if he comes out and does well, if you see him put 40, 50 his first year and then you, you can tell he's yeah, progressing in the he's, right way. He's caught traction over here. He has the potential to turn into a Tavares. He he really does. He's a Tarasenko Tarasenko would player. Be, yeah. I, I mean, you you could potentially see him one day reach ninety points or higher. I'm telling you, he's my favorite player for y'all, and he's not even hit ice yet. Hardly. So I'm so excited for the next season. I'm it's si- be awesome. I'm excited for our roster. I, like I said, I personally believe this is the best roster, starting roster we've had ever. And if we can get him to gel and think, oh, just no injuries for the love, because Ellis was out like half the year. Like, we, we got plagued with injuries. We had several that hurt us this last year. Just go forward. Be consistent. Man, I, I'm very excited for our team this year because we, we are honestly in an incredible position. And we also have some incredible questions tonight from Twitter. Yes, we do. We might we might not talk about the pants one, but... <laughs> PK does wear wears pants. Yes, so. he does. So, we, we've asked... Our fans, some of the loyal ones anyways, to give us a couple questions to answer over the offseason because, well, sometimes it can get a little boring and a little stale, the material you have. But obviously we've just talked about an hour about Preds somehow in the offseason. So we we did a pretty good job. But what's some of the questions we got from the audience tonight? Well, we've got the real Miss Bryant, and her Twitter handle is the Kim of Oz. She says, why is October so far away? October so far away because it is two months away. <laughs> so it is still pretty far away. Literally, terms. literally, it's two months away. But it feels like an eternity because sometimes I don't know. Summers for me now in a career job, I'm not like off and I don't have school and I'm not traveling. Yeah, it sucks, so doesn't it? I'm just working, and then there's no hockey. So. And you had a bit of a down note at the end of the year, so that little bit of disappointment has kind of lasted a little bit longer oh, as yeah. opposed to going out on yeah. the high note. It hurts. So, it really so it hurts does. Longer. Hey, year before, we get an extra month, so we're spoiled. And then yeah. this year, it ends a little sooner than we like. Ooh. But the, on a good note, it does build that anticipation coming into oh, it. You, baby. you get Jones in for it. You know, you're ready to go. I'm, I'm ready. I, we just got done talking about our roster, and everyone's excited. Even Matt's excited about the Preds roster. I mean, The only thing you him. hope is that you get so excited for the season to start, and you're like, pray to God my team doesn't fall out flat out the gate. Oh, well, we generally do, but <laughs> give us a month, and we're, we're fine. All right, our next question is from Cameron, and her Twitter handle is at KamiK14. She is a friend of the show. We actually talk to her quite a bit sometimes. We see her in person at the Ford Ice Center sometimes. Yes, we do. And so her question is, what is y'all's favorite part about hockey season in general? And what I'll, a broad question. That I'll I'm start this one off. Try to narrow down. Wow, you already got it. Okay. As somebody who did not follow hockey when I was younger, and it was the first sport I actually started to follow when I was older, and seeing how the team went 
from, you know, kind of almost being sold to getting into the playoffs. I love just how the team brings people together. Yep. People you don't even know. You're wearing a Preds jersey, they're your best friend. You see one on the street, you give them the nod. Yeah. I mean, just the way the city embraced the team for the cup run and how, you know, of course, the city embraced the team this season did great. I just love the unifying factor that hockey is one of those sports that, to me, it remembers it's a sport. Unlike basketball or football, where, yes, they're team sports, but you always have a dominant player of the basketball team, LeBron James, for example, or, um, you know, football. It's Golden State Warriors. You know they're going to win every yeah. year in the in You kind of know, you kind of know that the Patriots, they're going to, hey, Tom Brady and the Patriots, they're going to they're gonna possibly be out there. make Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. LeBron's going to take whatever team he's with to the finals. Hockey's the one sport that it literally is you have to toss the dice. You could be the best team tomorrow and suck the next day. Ottawa, and- Colorado. <laughs> prime examples. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. And to me, it's, it's just one of the sports that, you know, it's like the Stanley Cup, they say it's the hardest trophy to win in sports. There's just so much randomness in the sport that you cannot but help enjoy watching every game. Even if it's games you're not invested in, just watching other teams play. Just of how... You know, you're like, well, this player's great, but tonight you're like, this dude sucks the entire night. So many Patrick great, Kane. Oh, yeah. So many great stories, too. There's always great storylines in, in the NHL. And no matter what team you're at. A CPA can play. Exactly. As a goalie. <laughs> against one of the best teams in the that league. Was a gr- one of the better storylines One of the best storylines. great storyline. He line. even gave out the Vesna or helped, uh, you know, award the Vesna. Yeah. And I was like, that is really cool. So... I will say, I guess I'll sum up saying deep down, no matter what team you're a fan of, everybody loves the game and has an underlying respect for the game. And Blackhawks fans, I really don't care for you, but I will talk hockey with you. A real Blackhawks fan. A real Blackhawks fan, not the bandwagons fan. Yeah. Old so, man Kyle, respect the game. That's kind of my, <laughs> that's kind of my all, that's all my all around answer to Cammy. So Daniel, Matt. Matt, do you have an answer? Oh yet? yeah, I have a definitive answer and that is. I know what you're going to say. The best part of hockey is when it's time to break out the bracket for the playoffs. Yeah, Everything's baby. juicing up. You're getting your stats ready. You're excited about your teams. You know, we always pull for the home team here, but you got a couple other teams over in the West that you love to see, you root for. Capitals. You get the stats together. You try to, try to kind of gauge what could be. Uh, and then your bracket just completely falls and apart it, like and this last year. it shatters in the first week. Yeah. That is the best, though. But That's the best You know what the hockey. best part? And I'm just going to add in on yours, and I think this goes for all of us, is – during the playoffs, especially the last two to three years for this group in general, we are at my house almost every night watching yeah. a playoff hockey game, and we're just like freaking out and like, man, Matt's getting the weed eater out during a good goal, and we're oh, doing yeah. laps around the room. The it excitement is, it's just level so in the good. games. It's like literally we're getting off the couch, and I'm dancing. I'm doing like celebrations when a guy scores a goal because the excitement is just very tangible because we love hockey, and it is prime hockey time. We're in the playoffs. It's the best team. I literally jump and then run around the living room. <laughs> yeah, when you did scores. several times. Oh, man, that's that's fun. The best right part was we had a division we where he wanted the Knights to win and Kyle wanted <laughs> Washington to win. So every time the other team would score a goal, it was like who could outdo the other person yeah. in the celebration <laughs> in the room. So, I mean, it got crazy in the upstairs. So I have to admit, playoff hockey, it's fantastic. That's the best answer. I, I literally thought of both of those two things because it's funny, during our playoff you know, run, especially the 2017 season, 
We even sat beside Penguins fans, which I thoroughly enjoyed in the finals. Uh, there was times when we would score a goal, and or maybe it was the well, you weren't there for the triple overtime game against the Sharks. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. What a great game! Thanks for those tickets. But um, where you just turn around and you're just like, I, I'm hugging someone. I don't know who this guy is, but like, we're hugging and like say, that's, it unifies, it's, it it's unifies your best people, your best friends for you know that split second, and you basically forget everything else. But for me, I'm like Kyle. I've been a fan since the beginning. I started going when I was five, when the Predators first came here. Um, my parents and my grandfather took me to my first game, bought me a jersey. And he actually was starting to, my grandfather was taking me to more games too before he passed away. So for me, it's more of a family connection too. But the thing that I've grown to appreciate about hockey over the years is it is a sport and they know it's a sport and they go out and they have fun and they don't let other things bleed in. A lot of times with other sports, and I'm not going to say maybe all of them, but in particular, the NFL. They will bleed politics in with sports. I just want to come and enjoy a good game. I want to feel good. I want that sense of community. Well, sometimes you don't get that in a lot of the other sports. And that's sad to say. And then some of the players use it in a negative light, the fact that they are on an elevated level. Where in hockey, I feel that some players use that for good. Take PK. When we had the whole controversy with the the anthem, what is PK doing on the other side? He is buying tickets for a cop and a child to come to the game together. So he can show that the child, you know, who's obviously in a low income or a you know poverty state, that these guys are good and they're here for you. And he's providing service and he's using his influence and in sports as a medium for good rather than sometimes it getting mixed up with the wrong things. And I love sports and it is, hockey is a pure sport and they do not mix it. And I, I thoroughly enjoy that. I agree. I think it's one thing we can enjoy just going to a hockey game. And our next question we've got is from Brian, whose um, Twitter handle is at Sax Maverick. And he's got <laughs> like a six part question. Yeah, yeah. This he was, this will he, definitely be the ending question because this isn't. He was worried he missed our conversation. No, he did not miss it. So, so you're good, Brian. You got it. So first question he has. We kind of already talked about some of these. Should Freddie get more play in time this season? Well, what's the general consensus? Matt says no. I think he should. I I I say where's he gonna go? <laughs> I just stated the starting lineup. So maybe if there's an injury. I could see him coming up and getting more playtime, but I think starting, no. I think it's gonna it's gonna take an injury for him to be able to get on our roster because it is so stacked right now. Next question is does Watson's situation that we talked about earlier mean Tolvin slides in day one? Tolvin is sliding in day one. He's sliding in my DMs all day long. He's sliding into Matt's long. DMs. Like Yeah. I, I mean no, yeah, I, I think the Austin Washington situation it has no effect on Tolvin. I don't and, think it he's does already there anyway. So you're, you're talking about a fourth line talent versus a second line potential talent, and we also signed him for the max rookie deal. Exactly. So 
You and better believe he's getting every single rep in the he's in the one regular of the season. Few rookies that got the max deal and not be a number one pick yes. overall too. Who would you rather have on the third pair, Potato or Irwin? Irwin. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the same because I'm gonna say keep Irwin and trade Potato for draft picks. Because I think that's what'll happen. I think Potato will get the odd man out and either go to Milwaukee or get traded. Matt, what do you think? I think I'm he'll be gonna... playing with Dan. Now you got to think that. Does that factor in your... Because you also have Weber. Give me Hamuse, and I'll close my eyes, and you put some guy in a, in a sweater on the ice with him. Close your eyes and, and it just, doesn't matter. just pick one. Because yeah. you're going to be solid. I think either way, you're going to be solid. He makes me... The variance between those three players isn't nearly as big as the variance between Emelin and Hamuse. So I feel much more improved just having Hamuse on the ice. So I, then take it, throw some other body out there, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I'm indifferent on it, but I think Batetto's gone. So to answer your question, it would have to be Irwin. <laughs> yep, so there you go, bro. We're all saying Irwin and Matt Swack, whoever. <laughs> so last part of his question, which kind of goes back to the playoffs. Why is it that the Preds were stifled on offense so much when teams crowded the blue line? If they could stall the Preds get an entry, then we see dump and chase, which equals bad defense. And, you know, I can kind of see this. The Preds did have a lot of trouble getting past the blue line in the playoffs but they were like that all season to begin with. The Preds were big fans of a drop pass or a dump and chase. And anytime they tried to bring in the power play, the PK of the other team stood them up. That just goes to the schematics of, of how they enter the zone. It's, it's really just not the most flawless method that they use. And, and that's something they've been known for the last couple of years. They're having a little bit of a difficulty in that area. So Dude, that's nothing really but new. But I don't understand. PK you got, you got, drop pass yeah, on, every time. on a on a power play, he'll go up from the goal line, come up to the high neutral zone, and then drop it right back down. So, I I honestly think Brian answered your question. I think some of that might be fixed a little this this year with some of the restructuring of the lines. You're going to have Tolvin in on a second line. You're going to have probably a speedier, faster Fiala. You're going to have a Hartman on the fourth line who's very fast. So, I'm interested to see how. Lavi structures our zone entry. It's getting a little better. I, it was noticeably better this year than last year. It was. The year before was dump and chase all year long. All day. Yeah. All day. We were dumping and chasing, and I hated it. So it's, it is it is it is getting better. It is a work in progress. For sure. Um, But I think you saw in the Jet series, you had Bufflin who came out and was just stupid physical, and we had no answer for it until we put freaking... Hartnell in, and then we took him out the next game after he had an incredible game. Absolutely was bruising. He was putting it back on him, and oh, that was so frustrating to watch those those lineup changes and those decisions made because I thought Hartnell should have been in that entire series because he came in and made a clear difference in that game. So it depends on which series you're talking about, but for me, I think the physicality played a role, and uh, I think our zone entry could get way better than it is. And I'm sure Lavi is looking at the film and coming up with some new ways to restructure our lines this coming year. My solution, anytime you dump and chase, anytime you drop pass, box gate. If you're dumping and chasing, you got to have some speedy person to go in. So the top line's decent at it because normally, well, who's the first person on the puck? RV. He's just the little engine that could. You can dump it in. You could dump it in from the back line, and it's just him, and he's he's literally pinned it up against the board, and they're just like, you know, he's in the dishwasher right now and just getting beat up. Um, the other lines didn't really have that. You could argue Fiala, if he, he gets a little bit more speed, he will provide that for the second line. 
Uh, the third line, I don't really see that method working very well. Now, for the fourth line, dump and chase might work a little better just because of Hartman, and he is very fast. So I, I think depending on how much they shuffle the lines and play with the combinations, I think their strategy will be dictated based on the roster on that line because, like you said, faster players will favor a certain style. So that's something we're going to have to play with and see how it goes. Yeah, it, it's going to be a constant state of flux. But as Matt alluded to, it has gotten better, and we're trending in the right direction for once. So we'll we'll see. That's to be determined this season. And that looks, guys, to be the last Twitter question we have of the night. Guys, thank you so much for the questions. It was kind of a, well, this entire night's been kind of a ad hoc night. You know, we wing the episode, you know, I think we did good. Yeah, pretty good for uh, no plan coming in, Matt, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, I like the plan, guys. Well, even during one of our breaks during the episode, we, we I looked over and Matt's like, well, we're, you know, we're doing all right. You know, pretty good for that. You know, it's okay. That's, but. that's, that's what I hear they say, you know, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. So mm, sometimes wow. it's good to live life on the edge a little bit. Go without a schedule. Is that Matt <laughs> two and Matt, five? Yeah. <laughs> we like to give Matt a hard time because, you know, Daniel and I are more of the, hey, we can sit here and just talk about hockey nonstop. We like it. Matt's more of you got to give him some structure for the way he does give things. Give me an itinerary. Give me the agenda. <laughs> I need bullet points in 12-point font and highlighted. So it's okay. I like structure, but sometimes we can do off the cuff. Loosen up in the off-season. That's all right. Definitely. And during the off-season, we have been pretty busy. So uh, the last episode we recorded, we talked about building the table. Here the it table is. was built. <laughs> we this might, is recorded we need, on the table. Yeah, we need to actually post this online tonight because it is we fabulous. Will. You'll probably see the picture before the episode comes out, but our table has built. It is hand-built by Matt and Daniel. What? With RGB lighting on the inside? Yeah. Which, we can have like a podcast rave party in here. Which y'all will be able to see come the fall, hopefully, if we can get everything up and running for Twitch. That's right. We are going to do our attempt at Twitch stream in the episode, which means you will see it all. Everything we do, every mistake we make, too. Yep. All of our retakes just to get a good, clean podcast. It's going to be fantastic. But what this means is we're actually going to be able to have a live audience and take questions. So we'll get into more of the details later about how we're going to work that out and how you can tune in. But we're super excited about this edition. We'll be even able to bump it out to YouTube afterwards. So you'll have three ways to enjoy our content, but... I'm just more excited about the interaction overall with our fans, and hopefully we can provide better content. I do know we talked about this. We also are going to be adding um, more league news as well. So, yes, we're still focusing heavily on the Preds, but we are going to become a very well-rounded podcast and provide you the best details of the league overall. Because, you know, the first season, we decided to focus a lot on the Preds, a little bit the league, but as we got going, we realized, hey, it's better to get a little more league news. So, you know, we're still Music City Gold. We will always be Music City Gold. But we're going to probably start leaning towards probably 25% league news and 75% um, Preds. Just because it rounds it out really well. It's going to round it out. You're going to get more information about teams that you're going to be facing. So, in a way, it's still a Predators podcast. It's just you're gaining more knowledge about your enemy. So, just <laughs> think about right. it like that. So, we're super excited. But just the addition of the Twitch stream alone, it's going to be fun. Bear with us because it's going to be a learning curve. But I think once we get it up and running, it is going to be an awesome addition. And also stay tuned for giveaways because they're coming. We're going to have swag too coming. 
Yep, I've already done a couple of giveaways. Uh, just got one uh, shipped off today. To Australia. Yes. We shipped it to Australia. Australia. And God forbid the custom forms was a pain <laughs> in the butt. Welcome to my life every day. So. She was cool about it, though. I messaged her and I was like, hey, I was like, it's coming to you because I originally sent it off the first time and they sent it back going, you don't have the proper custom form filled out. I was like, I mailed a letter last time. They're like, that's different. Yep. It's a package. You know, uh, we got some more small things to give away and we're going to give away some bigger things, too. Yes. And we will have custom merch by the end of the fall. Hopefully we're going to have some T-shirts. We're going to have mugs. We're going to hopefully have a, a hoodie, uh, potentially a beanie and a cap. If I can roll it all out. So stay tuned for that. But we're just overall extremely excited for hockey, for the playoffs again, which is a long way off. But we're just ready to get back in the swing of things. And Matt would say structure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So So he will enjoy his life when structure comes back. But hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Music City Gold, and we're part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find us at Music City Gold. And you can find me at Kyle Hancock. Daniel can be found at C. Dan Drum. And Matt can be found at Matt Bain 31. Once again, thanks for listening. You guys have a great summer, and we will see you on the ice. Music City Gold.